Welcome to the Faith Seeking Freedom Podcast, a project of the Libertarian Christian Institute. Your questions about faith and liberty deserve thoughtful answers, and we're dedicated to giving you solid responses so you can live free and flourish. Hello, everyone. My name is Jacob Buenegrad. I'm guest hosting for Norman Horn today for the Faith Seeking Freedom podcast. We had a couple questions submitted to the Libertarian Christian Institute by Ethan. Ethan is a listener to my podcast, the Biblical Anarchy Podcast. He has heard me talking a lot about the Christian and libertarian response to the wars going on in Ukraine and Gaza. And these topics prompted some thoughts and questions he wanted us to address. And so he sent us an email, and we decided that we would do a couple episodes addressing these good questions that he had. For this episode, we will talk about his first question. The question reads, should Christians ever take up arms in the service to their country, or should we be conscientious objectors? So to start out, let's define what conscientious objector means. Wikipedia, I think, is a good as place as any to start in terms of talking about what this term means. Wikipedia defines it this way. A conscientious objector is an individual who has claimed the right to refuse to perform military service on the grounds of freedom of thought, conscience, or religion. This term has also been extended to objecting to working for the military-industrial complex due to a crisis of conscience. So we can also see when we do research into being a conscientious objector that this is something that even here in the United States of America, something that the military does take into some consideration. And there are ways that someone serving in the military can actually formally apply to be a conscientious objector. There are two different forms that can be used. One is a 1-0 and one is a -A 1-A-0. A 1-0 conscientious objector application is when the soldier is sincerely opposed because of religious or deeply held moral or ethical beliefs to participating in war in any form. And it notes that the moral or ethical considerations cannot be political, philosophical, or sociological beliefs. So a little bit of ambiguity there, because I think there's a kind of some overlap, obviously, between you know the moral and ethical realm with philosophy, sociology, and, and political philosophy as well. So that's a little hard to dice out. You know, you guess it depends on who's making that evaluation. But this is an application to be released from the army and they can only be approved or denied by the Department of the Army. The other form, a 1A0, is an application for, you know, kind of starts out the same way in terms of its description. When a soldier is sincerely opposed for religious or deeply held moral or ethical, but not political or philosophical or sociological beliefs, to participating as a combatant, including training and tactics or weapons in war of any form. But this is an application not to be released from the army, but rather to be reassigned to non-combatant duties. So I think that's a good way to define that part of the question. So what should Christians do? Both those who are in the military already and those who are making that consideration and just kind of in the realm of the 
pure Christian theology or philosophy and consideration on that, what is the Christian supposed to do when we think about these things? Well, so this question has been addressed in part by the Libertarian Christian Institute's book, Faith Seeking Freedom, which is this podcast's namesake. And I think that we should start by reading that answer, and then I can provide some additional commentary. It goes like this. This is question 64. Just like any major decision, we should always take into account all of the factors and weigh the benefits and costs. A Christian who joins the military should not only weigh the benefits to joining, but also the personal and wider costs associated. When considering a moral choice of such importance, most of the considerations are imbalanced. For example, a young person considering joining would look at the skill development, leadership training, mind-body improvements, and educational opportunities afforded them by joining. The trade-offs might only be considered in comparison to what they are giving up traditional college, private employment, extended time away from loved ones, the possible compromise of one's morals through the obligation to follow orders, traumatic physical or mental injuries such as PTSD, and potentially losing one's life. As disciples of Jesus, Christians are obligated to consider far weightier things in their decisions. Does this path obligate me to kill another human being because I am commanded to? Does this path build character qualities that run counter to Christian values? Does this choice make it impossible for me to conscientiously object to acts I am commanded to do that go against the love of Christ? Will I be participating in an institution that thrives on the loss of life and profits on conflict and war? Does this life choice compromise my duty to love my neighbor as myself? With few exceptions, libertarian Christians believe that Serving in the military obligates the Christian to unquestionably obey orders, some of which may command actions that run contrary to the principles of the kingdom of God. Remember that first century Roman soldiers who converted to Christianity often left their military positions because they could no longer morally justify what they did. The call to eschew violence then was too strong, and their example should still inform us today. So what would be an exception? Well, it's tough to say, but perhaps if there were an active or present threat to the well-being of our fellow citizens, it might be acceptable to join the military in order to help stop the aggression. Even in these circumstances, however, Christians can do many other things other than participate in war to protect, serve, and love their neighbors. At the very least, abstaining from promoting and cheering quote, our side, unquote, of a war or conflict should be the first step in showing Christian love to one's neighbor. should be noted that two co-authors of this book, Carrie and Dick, have served in the U.S. military and fully agree with the above statement. Now, let's add some scripture to this answer that we see in the book Faith Seeking Freedom that I think goes into helping us to think more along the lines of the questions that were sort of presented there in that answer in terms of considerations Christians need to make. I mean, we can go to the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. That is, of course, in Matthew 5. If we keep going into Matthew 6, we find some other words from Christ our Lord that I think need to be considered. Starting in verse 19, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And I would go on to say that you cannot serve God's kingdom and the kingdoms of this world in full capacity. What was brought up in the answer in Faith Seeking Freedom is the consideration of what it means to really swear an oath of duty to the military of a nation state such as the United States of America. Libertarian Christians believe with few exceptions, as it says, that serving in the military obligates the Christian to unquestionably obey orders. And that is what we see in terms of what the oaths that are often asked to be recited by those who join the military. And so if we cannot serve two masters, and if we are called to by our Lord Christ, that we are blessed if we are peacemakers, if we're blessed if we show mercy, and if, if we're to have these teachings and have our loyalties be centered in what Christ taught and in his kingdom, then these are tough questions that a Christian has to answer if they are considering joining the military. There might be some exception, again, for if like you're living in an area that is actually being you know, invaded by some foreign nation or foreign army, and you know, we do believe in the right to self-defense, but there is a distinction between the individual right to self-defense and that individuals can gather in collective self-defense. And then, you know, those things are distinct from conscription or voluntary submission to the military of a particular nation state. And they often come with strings attached and obligations that I think a Christian of good conscience would find themselves in a difficult position. We often see, and this is things I talk about in my podcast a lot, that when we study the history of conflicts going on today and throughout history, that these governing leaders are not leading the military. They're not leading their diplomats. They're not leading those who are involved in these international affairs. They're not leading them in a way that honors Christ. They're not doing what we as Christians are commanded to do, like in Romans 12, where it says to not overcome evil with evil, but overcome evil with good and to live at peace with all as far as it depends on us. A lot of people will sometimes come back with the idea of like a just war theory. But if we look into like something like just war theory, that states that war is just only if all options of peace have been absolutely exhausted. And when we study the history and the current events going on, it's actually very hard on Christian grounds to say that these leaders are... God-fearing men and women who are actually pursuing peace 
first and foremost, in exhausting all possible options in pursuit of the peace for their citizens and for the citizens of their neighboring countries or for countries halfway across the world. As we see, America is often using its military in operations, not on its own borders, not to defend just its own borders, but in other areas halfway across the world. And so there's a lot more that could be said on this question. And is there a definitive yes, no answer here? Well, I think it is a little bit context dependent. But rather than a blanket yes or no, I think what the book, Faith Seeking Freedom, what the answer was given there and little commentary I've added and the scriptures I brought up, I hope that they bolster the idea that this is something that I think in general, a Christian should be very wary of, that we should only view joining some kind of nation state military or militia as a last resort. And we should really consider oftentimes that perhaps the role of a Christian, perhaps the role of a church in these conflicts between these different kingdoms of man is to be instead proclaiming the gospel, proclaiming the kingdom of God. And maybe it's easier to fulfill that command, that teaching to be peacemakers by not picking up the sword, but rather holding up the image of the cross and the image of Christ, and instead calling for people to lay down their arms and to pursue peace. So I hope that that answers your question, Ethan. If you've listened to this, I hope that that gives you something to think about. I hope all of you listening that this gives you something to think about and pray about and that you would continue to ask questions like this, submit these to us. You can email us, go to our website, libertarianchristians.com and please subscribe to our different shows and read our different articles. And, you know, as the book Faith Seeking Freedom ends with, this is a conversation. You know, we never give any answer as if it is a definitive answer, but we hope that it is one that brings glory to Christ and that enables us as Christians to continue to talk about what it means to be foreigners, to be sojourners in this world and to be ambassadors for him and his kingdom. That is all I have for you guys today. God bless. This podcast was inspired by our popular book, Faith Seeking Freedom, which is available on Kindle, softcover, and audiobook at faithseekingfreedom.com. Want your questions answered on our podcast? Email us at podcast at libertarianchristians.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so we can reach more Christians with the message of liberty.